Hey, turn me up, turn me up. Yeah. Alright. Uh. I'm shown in the belly of the beast, nigga. I'd be damned if I die in these streets, nigga. Hands up for the money, we gon' reach, nigga. Shown in the belly of the beast, nigga. Mic check, one, two, one, two, mic check, one, two, one, two. I said, yo, what's poppin', man? We in the place to be. Make sure, make sure you click the subscribe button, do all that stuff, all the notification bells, all that stuff they tell you to say. When you watch those other videos, they say, make sure you tell the people that are watching what you're doing to like, share, and subscribe and do all that. So I'm getting that out the way right now. Um, <clears throat> what are we doing, man? We had a really, really dope a really really dope sit down last episode with enigma from flip top battle league uh actually the most viewed battle league in the world uh the biggest battle league in the world man they they have uh two billion subscribe or two billion views which is insane uh we talked about how a lot of their mainstream rappers battle and continue to battle we talked about him being inspired from american battle rap to even start flip top uh we talked about his upbringing his family things like that man it was a really really dope interview if you get a chance shout out to all my philippine uh brothers and sisters out there um it was just really really dope so if you could check that out it's wherever you listen to podcasts Apple, Spotify, all that good stuff. It's on YouTube, of course. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we got a really dope guest, man. We got a really dope guest. We got a really, really, really dope guest. I met this guy in New York way before I even knew he rapped. I knew he rapped the day I met him, but from there I got to see like him release music online, being one of the first guys that like consistently was releasing music on MySpace, man. Set a uh I don't know, a playbook, a standard for how to do that, how that was done freshman class all that all that stuff man also spearheaded just bringing a new a new scholastic you got me time my time my words up man away <clears throat> brother got a school y'all man my brother got a school y'all okay uh no further ado man i'm gonna bring uh to the show my homie mickey facts man yo mick What's up, what's up, what's up, man? What's Sneaky. up, man? How you feeling, man? Man, I like that hoodie, man. Where you get that from, man? Oh, man, I think you might have sent this to me, man. Ah, man. I don't know. You know, man, shout out Pendulum Inc., man. Yes, how sir. You, how you feeling, man? I just got out of a class of yours uh, uh, with Chilla Coffee. Uh, they were watching the, Ch what were they watching? Iron Solomon and Rum Nitty, and then Solomon popped up in the class, man. I was really, really dope. Yeah. I was uh I was I didn't even know Solomon. Did Solomon pop into the class? Yeah, yeah. Oh man, he I was pulled up, he pulled up. Um, I shot him a text. Me and him have been talking uh just the last few days. Just you know how sometimes you just hit your man's up. Yeah. And I, 
and he hit me up and I was responding. I'm like, yo, crazy thing is I'm in this class right now. We're watching this. You want the Zoom link? He's like, yeah, I'm going to pop up. So he Wow. Up. Yeah, right at the end. I love Solomon. Um, yeah, that, that class was pretty dope. You know, I got caught up and had to run into a quick meeting. Uh, but I'm glad to be here, man. The honor is all mine, truly. Uh, man, we appreciate it, man. One thing we do here, man, we try try to just get stories out, man, to have conversations, man, to talk to people, man. We want this to be the place where, uh, and everybody in the chat, if you're in the chat, as long as, make sure we sound good. Y'all know y'all my sound man, so in the chat, let me know if we sound good, okay? <clears throat> what we like to do is, like, we like to tell stories, man. I want people to be like, yo, I want to know more about Mickey Facts. I'm going to go watch him in Quest. <laughs> I said, yo, podcast, man. I want to know something. So tell me this, man. What part of what part of New York you from? Oh, I'm from the Bronx, man. The Bronx, New York. Um, the birthplace of hip hop. You know, okay. like I think uh, you know, the Bronx is um it's it might I don't want to say it's the overlooked borough because that's Staten Island, but you know, the Bronx for a lot of people in hip hop. It kind of gets overlooked a lot. We, you know, we have, you know, KRS pun, you know, but it's not like the J. It's not like the Nas. It's not like, you know, even the Wu Tang. You know, mm -hmm. this is a completely different thing. So, uh, but I love the Bronx, man. It's, 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 it's where it's from. It's where it's where hip hop started, man. So you spent your whole adolescence all the way into like high school and all that in the Bronx. That's where you were the whole time. Yeah. Uh, I was born in Harlem. Um, okay. but I, you know, I went to school in the Bronx. Um, okay. and, um, you know, from, from kindergarten to like, I want to say second grade, it was Harlem. So that's how I know Rex and okay. Mook and all of them. Uh, it's cause I, you know, I was born in the same projects that they was in. Okay. So that's kind of where the style come from, the Harlem, a little bit of... Yeah. Okay, okay. okay. But uh, I, I went to school in the Bronx, yeah. Dope. So, like, growing up, I know uh, I saw an interview before you said uh, your dad used to rap to you. Yeah. Okay. So was he rapping his raps or was he rapping other people's raps? Like, was your dad an MC? Yeah, so he was a, he was an MC. Uh, he put out a record called Streetwise, um in 1982 okay. maybe 1981 okay um you know my father was always a a hard worker um and he had aspirations like a lot of people had mm -hmm. and um when my mother was pregnant the story goes he would he would rap to me in the womb mm. um you know, and you know, in the '80s, early '80s, you know, before Rakim, everybody had the same flow. <laughs> you know, say that was right, right. That was what he did. You know what I mean? Um, but you know, I think that I think it's very true. Uh, whatever you you know speak to or play for your child in the womb they come out kind of wanting that. So like, okay. you know, for my, for my son, like my wife was watching law and order over and over and over and over. So when, 
at a certain age, like maybe three months, when the dum dum dun 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 dun, when that just came on, he would his head would raise up. So he might be a, an attorney when he grew up. Who knows? <laughs> so your uh, family dynamic was it like mom and dad? Like what what was the household like? Just coming up siblings? Like how did that work? Yeah, uh, brother and sister. Um, growing up, uh, mom and dad in the household. Okay, you uh, the youngest, oldest. What? I'm the oldest. I'm the oldest. Okay. I'm the oldest. Uh, honor roll. Um, spell. I want a spelling bee. Okay. I want a. I want a science fair. Like a like a class spelling bee, a school. Yeah, I wasn't no national or a district spelling bee. Like what? 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 I think it. I think it was. It's just a school spelling bee, man. I wasn't no. Hey, man. I that's the whole school though, man. I ain't win the class spelling bee, let alone the school. So yeah, when when did you say like your your dad rapped to you growing up? When would when would you say you said yo I'm gonna I'm gonna say a rap or I'm gonna write a rap? Um, so for me, I started writing raps because it kind of started in the seventh grade. Okay. This was like 1995, um, maybe 96. I got to high school. It was like high. It was like the high school years. Um, for me, it was uh, basically reciting Bone Thugs. Okay. So I would, I would essentially, I, I my first tape that I bought was Wu Tang, but then I purchased the the, the East 1999, and. I stop, play, rewind, stop, play, rewind, play, stop, or whatever, just so I could write the lyrics down from East 1999, the whole album. So I had a whole notebook of just Bone Thug lyrics. Okay. And, you know, we're damn near the same age quest. So you already know, like, lunchroom, gym, that was our opportunity to, you know, talk, communicate yeah. with each other. And, you know, hip hop was a thing, right? So, you know, whether it was crisscross, jump, jump, or first of the month, or crossroads, if it was first of the month and crossroads, I was the only one that was able to recite their lyrics. Right. And at that time, you know, theoretically, you could say they were mumble, mumble rap. So me actually flowing and being able to flow came from studying Bone Thugs. And then I started superimposing, you know, I was a fan of Sporty Thieves. So when they did No Pigeons, I started to do that in school, but I would replace records with that. So like Jigga, I would say Pigeons instead of Jigga, and I would replace those lyrics with misogynistic lyrics. So that's how I kind of got into rhyming. And then I started writing my own raps from there. Okay. So... During this time, with your household being like, they knew your dad had been in the music. What was mom doing? Like, did she have any like hidden gems, hidden talents, or something? I mean, my mom's could sing, but she never really pursued it. That wasn't something that she looked to pursue. Okay. Um, she she was into you know church, and she was a receptionist at a hotel. So you know, she did clerical work most of her life. Um, so it wasn't really anything where 
it was musically inclined. My dad worked at the post office. Okay, my um, mom worked at the post. Man, she's a flat sorter. Man, she retired from the post office. Man, uh, my father, he still ain't retired. He, this man going all the way in, man. And, <laughs> but um, so that was you know there were there were blue collar workers, both of them. Yeah. Um, and you know I was the I was the kid genius, honestly. Like I was reading at like first grade. I was reading in the first grade, but it was like third grade level, fourth grade level. They tried to skip me a couple times, but you know, when you, you want to be with your friends, man. So like I was more influenced by my friends and wanted to be accepted. So that was a thing for me. Um, and rap was the way to be accepted for me. How many books did you read a year? Oh my gosh. 3,000? No. 4,000? 4, I didn't like to read. <laughs> I didn't like to read. I, it was, I got when when I had to get on punishment, I had to read. Okay. And for me, you know, I I knew how to read, but it was boring to me. So, um, yeah, no, it wasn't that wasn't for me. Okay. So you let's go to all right. So seventh grade, you go through you you about to go to high school. So you start high school. You go to a high school that that's known for pushing out just rap talent. Yes. Did you go there on purpose, like subconsciously, or did it just happen like that? Um, and that high school was Stevenson. Was Stevenson's. Stevenson. Um, like, um, Stevenson was down the block from where I lived. So Africa Bambada went there. Drag on went there. Remy Ma went there. Um, it was, it was, a Hocus 4-5th went there. Word. Um, these are all people I went to school with, like not Africa Bambada, but I was in school with Drag. I was in school with Remy. I was right. in school with Hocus 4-5th and his brothers, not Mendici, um, but Rich and Hocus. Um, yeah, like that Stevenson was like, that was the, that was the place to be. In terms of rhyming, you know, what's like a highlight from like a a, a a a cipher or just an experience while you going to that school with all those dope MCs and all that dope talent? Does have been there before you or even while you there? Yeah, I mean, for me, I was a uh, I was always in class until I wasn't. Until I, I was in four periods of lunch, sneaking in the lunchroom to rhyme. Like I had to, I, I did my best to just kind of do what I do, and I was getting there and, and rhyme. You know what I'm saying? And for a long time, that was that was my life. Yeah, you know what I mean, uh, so like battling was, you know, battling was a thing from 1997 to about the year 2000. Cats go, went in there, rhyming off the top. Some cats went in there with pre-written material. Um, I, I did a mixture of both in school. Um, lunchroom table, everybody beating on the lunchroom, all of that. You know, like yeah. that was just a part of like you know. I, I felt like black culture and black life as as teenagers. Um, and you know, I, I I had a battle with this cat named Blackout. Shout out to Blackout. He live out here in Atlanta now too. He'd be running with Young Thug and DMX, RP. 
um, we had a battle and I beat him and I incited a riot. I got suspended for inciting a riot. <laughs> um, and when they brought me back, they was like, your punishment is to ram on the loudspeaker about the girls basketball team. Cause so they were, you, it, had that, you had a subject. Yeah. Subject matter. Yeah. So, um, I had to go and do that. You know, I had to rhyme on the loudspeaker and I did it for like three weeks in a row. You, and you remember the rap, don't you? No, I don't remember the rap. Right. I had to write it. You know, I, I was a writer more yeah. than a memorizer. Um, and, you know, I did it for three weeks and, until they lost. And then I was taken off the loudspeaker. But the whole that was like my first time kind of getting love and getting props. Okay. You know, it kind of was like the radio because they yeah. were there were students that I didn't know that was running down on me like, yo, that was fire what you did. Teachers was running up on me, you know. Word. So that was a great that was a great way to kind of I don't want to say punish, but uh, you know, kind of encourage me to to do things in a positive way, you know. Yeah. So like during that time, what are your aspirations? Like at that time, high school Mickey. Like, what do you, what do you see yourself doing? Like, are you, are you, cause you're really, really good at like marketing yourself and you've always been good from that standpoint at that point in time, were you doing anything to market yourself? Were you imagining certain things for yourself? Uh, what was the just goal from a kid perspective? Um, so at this time, um, the only thing that's in my mind is getting out of school okay. and making some money. So like my parents wanted me to go to college, but because I was rhyming in the lunchroom so much and cutting gym so much, you know, I had to make up my senior year. I was in, you know, in your senior year, cats was going to like three classes a day and then leaving. Yeah. That not me. I was in class from like nine to three, but the classes were gym. I had gym all day. <laughs> I had gym all day in my senior year because I never went to gym. I just never went. Man, that's so hilarious. in order for me to get my diploma, I had to go to gym. Um, I didn't end up graduating when my uh, with my fellow classmates. I graduated in August. Okay. I had gym in the summer. <laughs> Man, you had to take summer gym school. Bro, I missed gym in my freshman year, both semesters. My my uh, sophomore year and my junior year. I just missed nothing but gym. And then I was cutting other classes too. Mm -hmm. So I had to go to night school in For my gym. senior year. So I had two night school classes and I had gym all senior year. That was my, like, it was crazy. Um, so like, I just wanted to be done with school. Um, After that, you, you weren't done with school though. You went to, you went to college, right? Ah, no, I mean, I, I, I applied to colleges, but I just, Okay. I started I started working when I when I when I got out of school, 
you know, and this is this is how old I am. The, the newspaper still had job listings. So you would get the newspaper, go to the classified section, and you can get a job. You know what I'm saying? And so, so where were you working? So I worked at a company called PC Magazine and from 2000 to about 2001. I was in the mailroom. Um, and at this time, you know, Napster's popping. I'm, I'm, I'm working at this job. It's, it's, I got it from a temp agency and then I, you know, I got, I got fired. When I got fired. Then I started odd jobs, selling Kirby vacuums, selling Cutco knives, selling, you know, Primerica insurance, whatever I could get my hands on. You know, I, I was I've trying been, everything. I've been in one of them Primerica meetings for oh, sure. Oh my goodness. You know, like it was, I did, I did all of that, you know? So like for me, I wanted to get to the bag at whatever it took. And then I finally um, submitted my resume to, to a law firm mm -hmm. and it was called uh, Minson Fraud. And I worked at Minson Fraud for five years. I started in the mailroom and then I went to NYU to study law and, um, I got my uh, paralegal certificate and I was a paralegal for like two years. Okay. okay. Then we get to, during this time, you're, while you working at the law firm, you're recording music, right? You're going to do shows. You're So what's that looking like right now? Like, are you, are you staying at home? Are you, did you get your place? Are yeah. you like, where are we at right now? So I turned 18 um, in 2000, July, and then I had my own apartment in 2001. Okay. At the end of 2001, I had my own apartment and I'm recording. Now I'm recording heavy, okay. freestyles, songs. Um, the music gets into the hands of Mona Scott. Mona Scott is at the time, um, Missy Elliott's manager. And my aunt. Was, How does it get in her hands? Like, what are you doing with this music at that young age, where your music is the Mona Scotts? So my my aunt, she was doing Mary J. Blige's hair, Foxy Brown's hair. She was doing a lot of the hip hop artists' hair. Okay. So she got it to Mo. She got it to uh, I forgot who she got it to. She got it to some woman who got it to Missy. Missy heard it and had contracts ready for me to sign through Electra. So I met with Mona Scott and James Cruz in 2003. Okay. She was like, she was like, I just wanted to take this meeting because I wanted to see who you were because Missy, Missy just wanted to sign you. She was like, she just wanted to sign you. <laughs> she had the contracts written and everything drawn up. And she was like, I, I don't know why she would do this. Like, she, like Mona Scott was literally confused. Um, <laughs> and at the time, I had a manager who didn't, I had a guy that my aunt wanted to manage me. And he didn't want to do it because I had glasses. He was like, nobody's going to buy music from a kid with glasses. It's all about the streets. And then when Missy wanted to sign me, he was blowing up her phone and my phone like, yo, the, the contracts are ready for you at Electra. 
And we were like, no. So we went around him and we met with Mona Scott. Okay. Um, so at this time, I'm still recording. I'm recording with uh, Wayno, yeah, yeah. uh, not not from a QC, uh, but Wayne, who produced "Put Your Hands Up" for Jadakiss. Mm-hmm. So I have I had some some records from him that I was working with. I had some Yay beats that were traveling through New York City. <laughs> uh, I had I had an Alchemist record. I had a Bink record. I had a couple records. Okay. Um, and you know, I, I just started putting music out and content. I was going by the name Renegade, mm-hmm. and you know, battling in the streets. I met Math battling. I met Rex battling. I met Clips battling. There was a there was a uh, there was a public access television show called Mad Ciphers where all of us went on. Yeah. J Mills, J Hood, J R Ryder, Smoke Dizza, me, Rex, Mook, Lux, um, uh, J Hood, Shells. We were all on this this channel, um, and a lot of us um, got discovered from this 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 show. Um, and that's kind of how I was getting into the battle world in, in Harlem, but I was still making music. I was more so, I was always more so like an artist more than a battler. Um, I just, we just did it because we wanted, everybody wanted to get on. We wasn't, it wasn't no such thing as a league or anything. We just did it to get on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that led, led to you like working on different projects. One thing that came around, I think it was such a gift to a lot of us. Um, a lot of early musicians, artists, uh, rappers specifically was MySpace. Yes. Um, I can say I, w- I was in a feature f- for Vibe Magazine off because of MySpace, because MySpace existed. It was probably the first time that artists were able to get their music to people that quickly and you utilize that yeah like no other can we talk about that yeah um again you know at the time i was going by renegade when i first got my myspace page and i was putting out music and then my lap my first mixtape ever was called bottles up it was it was this journey of renegade um changing his name so to Mickey Fax. Okay. Um, and that's when I met my, my 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 team at the time, GFC New York. And we we had a theme, we had we had this we had this marketing concept to you know sample NERD beats okay. and do the photo shoot um, in a school and act like it was like a real graduation and change our everybody changed their top eight to their graduation photo so no matter whose page you went to you saw us in the top eight as like a graduation so people were like what is this (laughs) you know and then when they heard the music we sampled the nerd rock album and we didn't set the live album we didn't We didn't sample the 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 the, the keyboard album. We sam- we sampled the live album, and when we did that, it just started to spiral, and that's how Chuck English from the Cool Kids, you know, he found me, and then me and him started doing music together. Word. 
and that's like 06. That's like, yeah, that's like, that's like 06, 2006. So like during that time, like what's life outside of rap looking like? What's like, like what, what's Mickey doing? Like y'all were the bottle boys or the what, the what? <laughs> um, nah, at, th at this bottles time, up bottles up. So that was the Renegade project. Okay. You know, now we're, now we're doing the, the in search of the nerd shit. So as we're doing that, you know, we are now focused on my bad. I'm trying my my laptop. No, so now we're focused on, you know, trying to, you know, get a deal with NERD. Like we wanted to be signed to Pharrell. Okay. And, you know, I, uh, it just didn't happen the way we, we, we thought it was going to happen. We got a lot of love and a lot of press, but we didn't get the deal. Um, he heard the, the project, he loved it, but it didn't translate to a, a record deal. Okay. And um, we started to just throw parties in New York City. And it was kind of the same, like the same energy mm -hmm. from the Mad Cyphers show is the energy we got in New York City. So the cool kids, yeah. kids in the hall, me, Kit Cuddy, Wale, Charles Hamilton, Asher Roth, um, Corey Guns, we were all like running in the same circles. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we were wearing streetwear clothing. And at the time, streetwear clothing was just starting to pop because of us. So Supras, yeah, yeah. I don't want to say skinny jeans, but more so slim fitted denim. Like people who saw us dressing in slim fitted denim went to the extreme and started putting on skinny jeans and then the bright yellow pants and they were tripping. We wasn't doing that. Like you can't find no, you can't find no images of me wearing wild shit. Like, but people resonated that with me, but that wasn't what we were doing. Okay. But we were like ahead of the curve with that. A lot of it because my A&R at the time, Steve, Steve O, he was working for Smooth Magazine and he had his own magazine called Lace Magazine for sneakers. Then we had Quasi Kessie, who was uh, he was Chris Brown stylist and he was the 106 and Park stylist. So we were pulling clothes. We was we was getting the marketing ideas from Steve, you know, so we were and then you had me rhyming. So it was basically and then my my manager was a was also a party promoter. So like we you put all of that together. And now you have all these worlds in the same space. It was only a matter of time before Mickey Fax would blow. Okay. So while y'all hitting those parties, are you just showing up as the artist? Are you performing? Are y'all is the DJ playing music? Are y'all like are y'all doing the whole rapper thing or like what's going on? Um so like I'm I'm performing. I'm okay. performing, I'm being I'm 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 the, I'm the I don't want to say I'm the the star of the show because I'm not but like when I'm in the building it's like oh Mickey's here he's one of he's one of us got you you know what I'm saying like he's like the celebrity he's like the voice of of our parties in the in, in the in the blog sphere you know what I'm saying and you know sometimes I would perform sometimes I wouldn't got you know you, got you. And we met Theophilus London in this time. We met FKI. Kanye would come to our parties. Word. Curtains. It was just crazy. Like we was just 
really setting a standard for New York City at this time from 2007 to about 2009, 10. Okay. So... You go, you do uh, Back to the Future. I remember that. Yep. That was the first Back to the Future cover I saw. Yes. But it was not the last. No. I don't know if it was first. It was. Okay. Uh, Mine's was 2007. I know. So shout out to Wale because he, he did one. But we, but his his was was a drawing. It was him and Knife Wonder, I think. But mine's came out in two thousand seven. Okay, yeah. Like I remember, I re- I remember seeing it. Yeah. And uh, Heaven's Fallout. Oof. Man, you had to pick, like, cause, cause, cause Back to the Future, man. You wrote how many records for that? That was about. So we released about fifteen records for that. Okay. All right. Yeah. But I heard I heard you wrote like forty records for that. I did forty records for Back to the Future. Okay. Okay. All right. If and we put the best fifteen. Heaven's Fallout or Back to the Future. Heaven's Fallout, easily. Okay. Um funny story. Uh so Back to the Future came out in July, July twenty second, I think. And Heaven's Fallout came out, I want to say, in, I want to say September. Like, it was like, it was like back to back. And at that time, it was like, how could somebody put out two projects in in three months? Um, But I I was homeless at this time. Um. My mom's kicked me out. She found out I dropped out of NYU, and obviously I quit my job earlier that year. So, like, I was kind of homeless. And when we did Heaven's Fallout, it was a snowball effect because the first record was the Caveman record, the, the Everywhere I Go. They was playing it on the radio. It was the Geico commercial. So I, I rapped over that first. Boom. Hit. It hit the blogs hard. Mm-hmm. Then I put out uh never fall out which was the fallout boys remix with kanye i had i had did it and then the fallout boys reached out to me to be on the official remix so mm-hmm. that's how i met travis mccoy that's how i met yay gotcha. and um i was on the official remix i still have the record it's me yay wayne and uh travis mccoy that was the original record it was us four before they put like 30 people on it it was right. me us four i was in the studio with yay and Travis when we recorded it. Okay. Okay. Then I put out uh this Daniel Merriweather Daniel Merriweather record called Stop Me that hit crazy on the alternative blogs. And then I did Talk Your Shit. When I did Talk Your Shit, that was it. That was that was it. That was that took me out of here because I had sampled um I forgot what shorty name was, but it was this weird sounding beat. Mm-hmm. And then Fader reached out to me. And once Fader reached out to me. It was all all hell broke loose from there. So how'd that how'd that uh how'd that mean? Because a lot of people, like a lot of people, don't know how important Fader was Oof. during that time. Man, they DM me on MySpace, mm-hmm. and, and they were like, "We want to put you in the Gen F section in a magazine." And mind you, I'm a rapper in an yeah. alternative m- music magazine. Right. 
and we were reaching out to the source. Rob Markman was working at the source at the time. And he was like, I can't get them to get you an article. I'm so sorry. So the double XL and the source, they were late to the Mickey Fax party, but the Fader picked it up. And then once Fader picked it up, oh boy, I was in every magazine back to back after that magazine. Okay. So, so during that time, like, yeah, like you said, like, yo, this is, yo, you done dropped out of NYU. You know, quit your job. You you pushing this rap thing so heavy that you and your your mom y'all done got into it. She said, "Yo, you got to get out." Mm -hmm. How are like? What are you doing? Are you couch surf surfing? Are you like what? Where? What are you doing? So at this point, um, I'm couch surfing. Yeah, I'm sleeping on the floor at my man Steve-O house. Yeah. Him and Nemlo had an apartment together. Shout out to Nemlo. Yeah, so we were staying in the Bronx. I was sleeping on the floor in Steve crib, like okay. you know, like it was it was brutal, you know, and we we knew at some point something was going to pop. We just didn't know when. And you know, I'm the hot like I'm one of the hottest new artists in New York City at the time. So like, like, <laughs> like. But I couldn't, I couldn't make it work. Like we, we have no money. We didn't know how to make money at, at this point. So, no, 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 no. You go, you go, you. So, when did you figure figure out? We how? didn't. Okay. okay. So we didn't. So, so Steve was still working at Smooth, and I, I never forget this. I had about. I had about 40 or 50 records and we just were sitting on music and Steve came to me and was like, he was like, yo, I'm going to put out a song of yours today. I was like, I got it. So he put it out on a Wednesday. How did he put it out? He put it out through MySpace. Okay. He just put out a, he put out a random song on MySpace. Then the next day, I mean, excuse me, the next week, he was like, yo, I want to put out this song. Uh, it's Mickey. So he puts it out. I was like, all right, go ahead. Put it out. Third week, he was like, yo, I'm about to put this record out. So he puts it out. I think nothing of it. Then the fourth week, he comes to me and he's like, yo, I need a new record. I need you to make a record so that we could put out. I was like, yo, why are we putting out all of this music? He was like, yo, you growing a crazy fan base because you're putting out a song every week. And I was like, what are you talking about? Why are you releasing my music? We had, we had a bad argument about this. And then I looked at the MySpace and I saw that it was growing. Mm -hmm. And I reached out to Chuck English, you know, so, you know, yeah. and um, we were having talks about doing something. But I, I remember doing um, Robot Rock and Robot Rock was on Heaven's Fallout, but I just extended it for Steve so he could leave me alone. Mm. And it started hitting blogs. The fifth week came around. I believe it was, I forgot what the record was. It was, some, it was another unreleased record that we had, we just put out. And then the sixth week he was like, yo, we were, we were with Knowledge from Kids in the Hall. 
And he was like, yo, we need to put something out. We need to put something. Let's do a collab with Knowledge. And why don't you go at Now Right? And I said, I bet. So I shot at Now Right. And I, once I got on Now Right, oh, my God. <laughs> that changed my life. Because now I'm on the biggest blog. And I'm and every time I put a song out, I was on Now Right. On top of the fact me and the cool kids just did rocking and rolling and we shot the video the next day and we did a show that same night damn so you know you're, you're dropping out i mean you're dropping a record you're dropping a record every week yep that that went for what 17 you did that 17 we, weeks right? now nah, we did that for 35 weeks 35 weeks okay okay You uh, one of those songs was the "I'm Shine" song. Yes. At that point in time, like we 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 got like Kendrick that's got the really dope song where he raps from the perspective of of Nipsey um, in that record, um, in the last verse, uh, and we've seen throughout hip hop. There's been people that embody other people or other things or inanimate objects like Nas's gun and mm -hmm. they figure out a way just to paint imagery. Yes. In this record, you spoke from the perspective of Shine being able to look around and see what's happening now as well. Yeah. And that was a time where that really wasn't happening like that. One, what moved you to write that? And then what was the response? Um, so essentially what happened was um there was a you know, Sean Bell, he was shot 50 times in New York City on the night of his wedding, the night the night before his wedding. And a lot of rappers were doing Sean Bell tributes. Um, I'm not, I don't feel like naming a knowledge, but there was a lot of the New York rappers and <clears throat> I don't want to say that they did it off for clout or whatever, but a lot of it just, it, it was just back to back to back. It was too much. It was like, what is happening right now? So Steve was like, yo, you need to kind of rap from the perspective of Sean and be like, why are these niggas rapping about me? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? That was his, that was what he, that was initially what he said. Like, why are these niggas rapping about me? And I was like, I, you know, my thing with Steve was it didn't matter what it didn't matter what he told me to do, I was gonna do it because I trusted him that he knew what he was talking about. Okay. Um, and we just put, you know, we we found the beat, I recorded it, recorded to it, and then put it out, and it just the response was crazy because people were like, yo, he's he's rapping as Sean Bell. You know, and it was a powerful chorus, like one shot, two shot, three shot, four, 48, 49, 50 shots more. White man, black world, no, black man, white world. This is my song, my life, my art, my, like, I'm Sean. Like, that was, it was a powerful song, man. And, you know, it, it, it hit really hard, you know. And um, I'm just lucky that I had other records because I didn't want to, I didn't want to feel like I was, not, I don't want to say profiting, but just like yeah. building a career off of that one particular song. You know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah, and we'll get into it 
but like you went on to do like whole projects from the perspective, perspective. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah um that same year 2008 you dropped the leap too yeah and with that one you put um you had already mentioned you know just meeting travi so travi was on that uh that spot and then we had drake on there as yeah. well right yeah okay so tell me about how recording that record with drake or working with drake even even came about so i have i had um i had found drake on myspace in like 07 and he he again he was a he was a television star so he he had a lot of white fans he had a lot of canadian white fans from the grassy and he had a record with Pusha T. I never forget the record with Pusha T was hard. And I reached out to him. He ne he never responded. Then Omen, who produced for Fab, mm -hmm. um, I think he did a. I, I can't remember the record. It was him and Paul Kane. Fab and Paul Kane. Um, he he was like, "Yo, there's this. I got this record that I want you on." with um this artist named drake i was like homie from canada he was like yeah i want you to do a verse for it this is the record so he sent it to me drake's chorus was already on there and his verse was on it okay now he bodied it he bodied the chorus he bodied the verse i took a little longer than i normally would to get the verse done what made me write my verse was Omen hit me like, yo, you took too long. I sent the record to Dre. Now Drake is working with Dre. So I'm like, oh, oh man. So I, at, when he told me that the next day, my verse was done. Mm -hmm. And that's why I went so crazy. Then he was like, yo, I want to get Travis on the record. Obviously, I had already met Travis the year before. So I called Travis. I'm like, yo, I want you to get on this record with me and this new cat named Drake. And he was like, whatever, I got you, Mickey. You my guy. Just put me in contact with Omen. Put him in contact with Omen. And that's how the record happened. Now, at this time, I'm bubbling. I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm like hot, hot, white hot. So we put the record out. Omen puts the record out. The record doesn't get no traction. So I'm like, yo, let me let me put it out through our channels to get it out there. And when I do that, it hits. Okay. And if you check the blog posts, it, it's like, yo, Mickey Fax got this record with Travis J from Gym Class Heroes and some Canadian rapper. <laughs> People didn't even know who he was. Man. Um, and, you know, during that time, Drake was hitting me like, yo, I just want to be on Not Right. He was like, that's all I care about. Can you get me on Not Right? I was like, yeah. I was like, I got you. And we got Drake his first feature on Now Right. That was through Mickey Fax. Damn, damn, man. See, see that stuff we don't know, man. I ain't know that, man. You, know, you holding back stories on me? I feel, I feel offended. <laughs> Never. Nah, nah, <laughs> man. So like this, the same year um, where you're having all this mixtape success, you go on um, that same year. Uh, you got the leak. You do the leak too. Yep. And. Right around then is when the freshman double XL cover comes, right? Yeah. Is this the first cover? 
Yes, this is my first cover. Yes. No, no, I'm saying is this was this oh. the first freshman cover? No. What was the first the... freshman year? That was that was Lupe. Lupe. Oh, okay. Gorilla okay. Zoe. Yeah, yeah. Boosie. Yeah. It was that cover. Man, that was a that was a crazy cover. Yeah. Um all right, so freshman cover. Yeah. How that how that even like how that when did you find out? And how did you find out? I found out on my birthday. Uh, Rob, Rob Markman called me on my birthday. He said they had just got out of a meeting about it. So they were in a meeting. I had I had already did. I had already shot my. Um, uh, what is it called? It's not the unsigned hype. It was whatever Double XL had next up or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had. I had already shot that, so that was coming out. So I thought when he was calling me, that's what it's for. He called me and was like, yo, Daytuan Thomas just came into the meeting and said, we're doing the freshman cover. And they were like, yo, he Rob was like, yo, right now it's only two of y'all on the covers, just you and Wale. That's how hot niggas was, bro. It was us two, and they had to figure out the other eight. But they was like, yo, we definitely got to have Mickey on there. We definitely got to have Wale on there. Because I was putting a song out every week. So it was it was kind of tough to kind of, it was hard to not have me on the cover. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I was sitting in um my junior high schools because I lived, I moved back to my mom's house for a little bit. So I went to the IS-131 park and I was just in the park when he told me. I remember I, I couldn't move. I couldn't move, bro. He was like, don't tell nobody. I clearly told everybody. Man, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) People didn't believe me, though. The people I told, they didn't believe me because it just doesn't, it didn't sound right. It was like, what? Hey, man, had it been the crazy social media age we in now? Oh, man. Everybody would know, man. So you, you get the call. You tell everybody. You're not supposed to tell nobody. Fast forward the day of the shoot. This is real. You get there. How? How is that room? Is the room like? Is everybody in that room like, "Yo, what's up, man? We we did it." Or is it like, "Yo, I'm the man. I'm better than you." I had I had, I had some issues with Wale. Me and Wale had issues because you know, it was, I was trying to do records with everybody, and I didn't understand the business at that point. Um, I was trying to get a record done with Wale and Pusha. And Pusher was ready to get the record done, but Wale was taking forever. So I kind of like, I kind of was throwing subliminals on on my songs once a week, uh, not really understanding the the music business, right, and not understanding people's creative process. Um, so like, me and him had issues in, at the shoot. Um, so like, we we kind of like, I don't want to say we bumped heads, but it was just like he stayed to himself, I stayed to myself. And people pick chose sides, right? So Cuddy chose Wale side. Um, Charles Hamilton was like on the fence, and everybody else was cool. Like Blue was to himself. Currency was running all, mm-hmm. running all through the shoot with trying to find a, the perfect fit. Blunts all over the place. Asher being, <laughs> Asher, you know, uh, Corey and, and Ace Hood. You know, they was the they was the street rappers, really. Um, you know, it was just B.O.B. was the musician and Charles, you know, it was just 
it was just a crazy it was just a crazy thing to see like all of these artists together um you know fun fact jay electronica was supposed to be on that cover man no he wasn't uh yes he was no he what man no he wasn't uh yeah so it wasn't supposed to be ace hood it was supposed to be jay elect and he was on tour with most deaf so he couldn't he couldn't make it so they they called up they called up uh ace hood damn man i did not know man i was late to the man you know jay electronica lived in detroit man yeah i believe it like all this stuff is just stuff i never knew so after you do the unsigned hype I know life changes, like as far as just. So what happens? What what was going on, and now what is going on? So at this point, I stopped doing the leak because everybody was biting my shit. So like everybody was putting out music at a rapid pace. Mm-hmm. It was getting it was it was it was too much, and I felt like niggas was jacking my shit. Niggas was jacking how I was looking. Niggas was jacking you know my marketing. <laughs> Tell them. Nah, man. Nah, I've been what, man? Tell them they was what? They was jacking how I was looking. They were, they was jacking my marketing. They was, <laughs> they was, <laughs> they was, they was jacking everything, bro. It was nasty. It was nasty. Um, and I just, I just got tired. I was like, yo, man, like. Cause I could have put out a song every. I could have put out a song every two days at that rate that I was going. Yeah. But just seeing people copy my shit, I was like, "Yo, we got to do something different." So at the at now, you know, at this point, because I built up so much of a buzz in like seven months, I'm starting to get paid for shows, mm-hmm. and I go on tour with the cool kids. Um. I start uh, doing my own shows. We start doing marketing for Nipsey Hustle. Um, me and my company, GFC New York, we start doing marketing for Nipsey. We start doing marketing for Smoke Dizza. I get the Honda commercial. Right, 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 right. Um, the Honda commercial was my first big money in the music industry. Okay. Um, they paid me for the Honda. They paid me to do the commercial. They paid me to do the internet commercials. They paid me to make songs and then I got paid. I got like two sets of royalty checks, mailbox money from for acting and for doing the music. So like every day I went to the mailbox, there was a check for like three months. Did you notice a change in the people around you, your crew? Was it a change for the better, a change just like how how was everybody around you responding to this newfound success? Um I mean my, my I think my team was like we was we was good. Nobody was really changing up because we had we was we was coming from nothing. We didn't have anything. So we was all kind of level headed. I think that my my family members started to like everybody was like, everybody just felt, thought I was rich. Cause when you, people didn't really, you know, you gotta remember people, people didn't understand the internet. People didn't understand how I was able to get a television commercial. 
So when you're on TV, automatically people think you just you yeah. got all the money. Now I did have a lot of money, but I wasn't rich. Um, so the, the clothes started changing. You know, the women I was dating at the time, they, they started changing. They started to just get high, like higher, higher, higher status of of models and stuff like that. Um, the features with different artists started changing, rubbing shoulders with different artists, touring. It was just a different, it was a different experience. Okay. 2009 was was really like, I was just making a lot of money through touring, through the commercial, through sync licensing. I was on, I was at Fight Night. I was in NBA yeah, Live. Yeah, I was in Fight Night 4. I was in NBA Live. I was in... um. Saints Row. I was in all of these games, so I was, I was making a lot of money. Um, you uh, you ever just play Saints Row just like in front of somebody just so your son <laughs> would come on? I've never played Saints Row three. It's crazy, man. I remember um, we had a um, we had a moment where my some kind of way my son got Saints Row, and we we had to have a um, nice talk with the person that got him that as a gift and thought it was cool so <laughs> nah man so not to skip ahead what year what year did you sign your deal i remember the record uh with marcia uh what i signed my deal in 2010. okay so was that was that the same year like did you do that deal with with battery as well yes. or was that okay all right and you were working on the the achievement yes all right i know you were touring with big shine during this time yes okay and somewhere around that that um that um i remember y'all all going to the radio station yes what was that serious we went to double x it was double xl me okay. him and corey yep yep Yep. And I remember watching that and number one, I think Sean is one of the most underrated lyricists. Oh yeah. Whatever. Like what he does, like man, Dark Sky Paradise is my f personal favorite Sean album. Other people, um, they say Detroit one or two. Um, but Dark Sky Paradise is That's uh, my that's my favorite one too. Yeah. And um I remember watching that wow. that um that uh that cypher mm -hmm. or whatever it was and i felt like shine was out of place Whew. in that moment man i think if that moment if we rewind that moment and and we have it now it's different yeah, yeah absolutely i think it's a lot different and that's a testament to his work on his craft but like in that moment y'all were left there like what what were were you trying to prove something that day no i for me i had already i had already went through the gauntlet with corey so like that was something we skipped in this interview like during my come up like everybody wanted me and corey to be a, to do freestyles together okay so like you know that was like a nightmare like he he he's a nightmare to get in the cipher with Cause it's the voice, it's the delivery, it's the onomatopoeias that he used. It's just, it's engaging for a listener to hear. So when Sean, Sean had hit me and was like, yo, pull up to the double XL. 
I was with Corey already. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like a reunion because Sean had just been on the cover. We had just got off tour. Me and Sean was, um, no, me and Sean had a show at NYU. So we, we, um, we went to the, we went to double XL with Corey. And once Rob Martin threw the beat on, I already knew it was going to happen. I already knew because at that moment, I'm just, I'm just thinking the rhymes in my head because Corey don't know when to stop. So Sean, when he went and he stopped, I was like, Oh, you, you fucked up. I, I, at that moment, I was like, "Oh, you, you don't know what you're about to get. You don't know what you're about to walk into." I don't think, I don't think he knew. Yeah, because y'all, are, y'all have been used to it, right? We were conditioned. So when he, when he went, he he spit like twelve bars, and he just stopped. I was like, "Oh my god, you about to get cooked!" And then, no. Corey, and then go ahead. Then Corey went. When Corey went, I was like, Corey took up most of the beat, so I'm I'm already angry. Because I'm like, I know the beat is going to stop on me at some point. Yeah. And like, you could see Sean's face when Corey was gone. He was like, oh, damn, I messed up. And then I went until the beat stopped. And then then Sean stood up and left. Damn, I didn't know that. He stood up and left after the first first round of the cypher. You know, I, I can remember being in spaces where like, you don't know what kind of party is about to be, so you just try to always have everything you need to party with, like you know. So I, I, I could imagine. Uh, you would say y'all had just left NYU, that right. concert, man. How'd it feel being on the stage, like in the position you were in right then, because you walked away from being on the opposite side of that stage? Yo, that shit was crazy. Uh, opening up for Sean, um, it was like a co-headline tour because he 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 had I don't even know if it, the, the freshman class thing was out, but finally Famous Three was out, and he he had sold so many copies of it, man. So like I went on before him, obviously, and Chris Brown was backstage with us, and they performed, they debuted the record that night. Oh wow, man! I remember that record when it was Sean on the hook. Wow, man, he used to have it on his YouTube page. He definitely took it down, but uh, it that song used to have Big Shine singing it, singing the hook. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, he Chris Brown was backstage with us, uh, and they performed that record, and it was crazy. I wonder if there's footage of that show when he did bullshitting. Um, that was a that was a man. Me and Sean had a lot of good times on that on, on that tour. We toured Texas. We did, I think we did Chicago. I'm surprised we didn't do Detroit. Man, yeah, I'm surprised y'all didn't do Detroit. I'm surprised we didn't do Detroit. Um, but you know, you know, Sean, Sean got we caught up with everybody else. Like, like Sean. If he'd have said, "Man, fuck y'all," mm-hmm. he'd have been justified in some spaces, man. Y'all didn't he, fuck with him. Nah, nah, we did, but we didn't. Like, Shine didn't have a like a Icewear Vezo radio run locally before he blew up. 
Mm. Like Shine got popular, got signed. Like Shine really got signed the old school way. Like yo, I'm I rapped for a nigga at the radio station, and maintained that like so it was it was just different it wasn't a situation where um but he also came up in a time where you know like like you were doing like man shit when you were going crazy uh yeah no he's that blog time man like where a lot of people were understanding and learning that that transition from how it used to be to how it was gonna be right yeah and like you had like the the you have still to this day the 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 relationship building ability between yourself and the people yourself and the fan yeah one of the things that that you did man you had a a street fighter tournament because you think you better than me at it but you know you, know, you are you are man I ain't, I ain't i ain't good at street fighter at all but if I ever play you in Street Fighter and win, bro, you'll never hear the end of it. Uh, you know, I mean, I can't, I, so I can't respond to that. But um, I, only, thing, only thing I can say is I beat Lupe after he beat the nigga, the best nigga in the world. I beat the best nigga. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, man, you used to have like, like meetups, like, like, yo, meet at the Apple Store. Like, you might have been the first person I saw do an Apple in store. Yep. Or what have you? Yep. Was it Apple or was it Sony? I did both. Okay. Okay. I did a, I did a performance in the Apple store. Um and I did a a tournament at the Sony store. We did a okay. we did a Street Fighter tournament. I gave away a TV. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Good. Now around this time, uh you signed the deal, you put out the record. Yeah. Um with Marsha. Was this one of those situations where uh, y'all got a chance to work with each other on this record, or was it like, yo, I got this really dope record that's got Marshall on it, created? We did the record first, and we were trying to find somebody to sing the hook. We had Olivia, who was with G-Unit at the time. She did a hook, but it didn't work. Okay. Um, so then we we went out and got Marsha on the record, and she bodied it. And... Um, from there we shot the video and they were getting ready to go to ads you know they were getting ready to you know you know impact the record Mm -hmm. because it was doing well on radio in new york so you know next step is to is to start impacting and job folded you know i'm saying like barry weiss left the company He, he he was the ceo and he went to def jam after Jay left, and so where did so that put you? So, when a company dissolves, the parent company usually issues new record deals to the artists that they want to keep, and they drop other artists. So a lot of artists got dropped. I got moved to RCA and had a whole new deal. My original team at Jive and Battery, they literally. Um, they literally got fired. Everybody got fired. The only person that stayed around was my project manager. And, you know, we we did our best. But the a and I had, he just didn't believe in what I was doing. So, you know, I had to, I had to make all new records. So I reached out to John Legend. 
you know, I did a John Legend record. Mm-hmm. I reached out to uh, Bruno Mars people, did a Bruno Mars record. Um, reached out to Yellow Wolf, had a Yellow Wolf record. Um, I put a, I put together a lot of music, man, and and A and R just wasn't rocking with me. So I had at that point, you know, I'm like, I right, well, I'm still signed to the label, so let me just use this free studio time. So I just I was in the studio every day. Yeah. Um, recording, 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 record. Like I ate, I was, I was killing the studio, and I made Mouse in the studio. I made Mickey Mouse in that studio, and, and um, and uh, at, at Battery Job, I was, well, I was on RCA at the time now. So, yeah. and, you know, I switched management. I had L.A. Reed's son managing me, and Janelle Monae's manager, Rico Rodriguez. They were, they were managing me. So I'm like, yo. Let's make a move. Let's make a play for for the for the for the mix for the mixtape Mickey Mouse and for these other records. Mm. RCA still didn't fuck with it. Um, you know they got calls from Lupe. They got calls from Swiss, mm-hmm. and the A and R just wouldn't budge. So, mm-hmm. you know, I took my content and I left. You uh, you mentioned like they they got all these calls like uh, and you mentioned Lupe. You and Lupe, y'all met in like what, like twelve, two thousand twelve. Me and Lupe met. What's crazy is again, I was doing editing for Lace Magazine, so I met Lupe at a Cornerstone event for the Cool. Okay. And I did one of those moves where you know, one day we gonna work together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then two years later, we was in Japan. Okay, that's on- where y'all met. That's where we like officially was like officially met. Like yeah, yeah, I got you. What, uh, was, so that, I, what was that first meeting? Like, uh, that was in Japan. Um, we you were know what saying what was the conversation like? Like oh, what was the, like oh man, remember I told you or like how how'd it go? <laughs> nah, it was we did a photo shoot for for Phenomenon Swagger. They put out these um, they put out these Nike Terminators that was like one shoe was mint green, the other was chocolate. And um, they were like, "Yeah, we're gonna fly you and your peoples out to Japan." And we did the shoot in New York. I played him some music. He was like, "Oh, this shit dope." Then we got to Japan, and we just was, you know, we was just vibing. It was me, it was Lupe, it was the cool kids. So we was all like, just in Japan, bugging the fuck out. Word. And this is 2009. Okay. They have flip phones that was FaceTiming. Nah. Yeah. They had the MCM contract out there. So all the MCM gear that you see now, it's because of Japan. They had it earlier. Okay. Like, it's just different when you go out to Japan. But anyway, so like, we built a relationship from there. Um, when he when he heard Mickey Mouse, he was working on, he was working on a Basquiat audio biography with, okay. with Fat Five Freddy. And he heard, and it was called Skulls. He heard that. That's when he really became a fan of me, Word. Um, and that's when we kind of built our trust and our brotherhood from from that project. He scrapped the whole Skulls project, and me and him began like collaborating on art pieces and creating his school Sosa. You know what I mean? Okay, okay. okay. So, um, 2012, you were busy, busy, busy. Yeah. You dropped Mouse. Yep. You dropped Why. Yep. Drop. Why not? Yep. 
what made you was that just like yo this is all the all the records that i've been stockpiling or was this like yo i need to make a statement at this point um mouse was obviously what i told you i was in the studio day and night um so like i kind of i kind of just needed that outlet to put that out that came out in march why was a project that i did i went to tree sound studios and i recorded i wrote i wrote that mixtape in two or three days and i I recorded it in a day um and we put it out like in a week or two and that shit hit hard on that piff and the Knicks went crazy on that piff and i think it was one of those moments where it was like people i don't think people kind of expected that okay um Around this time, I'm dating um, I'm dating Misty Copeland at this time, the ballerina. And I put out another project two weeks later called Why Not? Why Not came out. Now, Why Not was the stockpiled okay. music. That was like all old music that I just put together on this project. And then um, after that project, I just stopped. I stopped putting out music. I put out three projects. I should have kept putting music out, but I stopped. Okay. I didn't put no music out in 2013. Right. What made you stick with the approach of just making the music available? Like like a lot of a lot of people like like you would put these records out, but they they be online, they be like on that piff, they be in places where they were easily accessible, mm-hmm. right? And there were a lot of rappers that were like, "Man, I ain't putting my, I ain't putting my shit on no that piff, man. I'm getting my five dollars. I'm getting my ten dollars." They were stuck outside of the box, and you were like, "Yo, I'm giving this product, like, to my fans at this fast rate, at this fast pace, at a time where, like, yo, Apple Music wasn't a." wasn't a thing yet it wasn't a you thing know, like getting f- quote-unquote free music was like yo i had to steal it i had to go through a lot to get it was that the idea like maybe more people will just take a chance on it this way or was it like hey it's working i'm gonna keep rolling um i think for me it was it was i was stuck in my ways i didn't think about selling music it was put the music out for free so you can get tour tour money you can get feature money so you can get collaborative money okay. and sync licensing money like that that was always my mindset I, I always thought that music was going to be free i never thought that people would still be selling music i mean people still do but i always thought it was going to be free at some point so i just kept doing it and there was a tr- there was a transition in happening the transition in was the labels finally figured out the blog space and then SoundCloud started to emerge mm-hmm. and then Spotify started to emerge. And then like, that's when the shift happened. And I didn't, I didn't know that the shift was happening. What's interesting about it is it happened in 2013 and I wasn't putting out music. So I didn't know what was going on. So what uh, was happening in 2013? Where, like, what were you doing? What was happening I was, in Mickey's life? I was depressed. If I'm being, if I'm being very honest, I was depressed, bro. Um, 
you know, I'm not on a record label anymore. I'm not a signed artist anymore. You get a lot of perks when you're a signed artist. I wasn't a signed artist anymore. I felt like I failed, um, even though I knew it wasn't my fault. I did everything the label wanted me to do. I still was licensing my music to different places. I did my second Honda commercial. I was in Saints Row 3. Saints Row 3 came out in 2011. Um, I had did a Puma deal. I, I was still, you know, I was still working, but yeah. I was in the depression, bro. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, and I just stayed in the crib. I think the only record I put out that year was the Kendrick disc mm-hmm. in September. When he put out the shit with Sean and Jay Elect, I had a response like maybe a day later. I put it out hit really hard i went viral um and then i started to release music again late that year um no i'm lying what happened was i put out my record then lupe put out slr2 he put out slr3 he shouted me out on slr3 and he was going on tour and i was like yo can i go on tour with you he's like yeah pull up so i did i did about 30 cities with lupe and when I got off to, I had 414 in my bank account. My manager didn't give me any of the money from the merch. Um, so like I, I had no money. So I, I, I quit, I quit music. Yeah. And I was in a super deep depression for like four months. So you gotta think like from December to like April, I was like, yo, I don't got no job. What am I going to do? I, I wasn't making no money, no nothing. I had a couple gigs that rolled over. So I went on tour with Razzcast and Copyright. Um, I had some, I had like a New Orleans show. I had a couple things making money, but I was essentially done. So I tried to get a regular job, but I didn't have a resume. <laughs> I didn't have any work experience. So I had to come back to music. And that's when I made 740 Park Avenue. You, uh... Oh, I took a battle too. I took a battle in 2013 too. Okay. I took the Danger Zone battle. Okay, that was on Black Black Eyes Guerrilla yeah. Warfare. That yeah, was their first collab event together. I think. Yeah, I was on t- I was on tour when I took that battle. Word. So, were you were you staying in a house just because yo you didn't want to deal with 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 people or you didn't want to deal with like because like when you get that deal man and you had a situation like you said a lot of people close to you thought hey man he's got all the money this is the person that's doing x y and z you're in a honda commercial um did you get to a space where you felt like people around you expected you to be a certain kind of way that you just wasn't feeling like being no i just I think that for me it was I was it was uh it was it was hurtful. Like okay. I left the label in twenty twelve, put out these two projects. I was dating I was dating Misty and then you know we break up. So after me and her break up, it was just like <laughs> what is life right now? What is what is life? Um, and I just kind of just chilled in the crib. I didn't, I didn't leave, man. I was, I was depressed. I'm being honest. I was depressed. And, um, 
it was a it was a rough time for me. I did a I did like a distribution deal with Universal in September. Uh, after the was it after no it was before it was before the uh, it was before the control record response. Um, so even my if, if y'all look at the promo I did for Danger Zone on that trailer, I was in Denver. I was recording in Denver. I was recording my my album in Denver, so like I had a I had a situation, but I still wanted at that time, you know, I was like, you know, I, I, I'll take a battle. I didn't charge Gracie a lot of money. I just wanted yeah. to, you know, I just yeah. You've always been. That's one thing I could say. Like, um, out of everybody, um, like I believe because like yo, you got roots in it, and you're so close to the MCs, and you supported it, like yeah, as well as been a part of it. Uh, nobody ever questions just how true you are to the art form, and that's right. that's that's coming from somebody that that definitely gotta hold you in a high regard just for how you uh, how you treat the art form. I appreciate that. So you do uh, seven forty uh, Park Ave. Yeah. Um, same year you drop Love Lust Lost Two. Yep. Yep. Um. You follow that up the next year with Y3. Yep. Before anybody even knew what Y3 was. Yeah, it was the trilogy. You know, you know. Um, yep. And then we got another hiatus. Yeah. Um, yeah, Y3 came out. I was angry because I had this record with Elzion, so I had a prince that. I felt should have hit harder and it didn't hit. Um, so I was a little angry about that. Um, so then I started working on the Achievement album. Mm-hmm. And I remember this like it was yesterday. It was early 2016. And Knotts made a list of all the artists that he wanted to work with. My name wasn't on the list. And I was like, why isn't my name on the list? And he was like, I'll send you beats right now. He sent me a whole bunch of beats. And then I started looking at beats on his page and people were like, y'all can hear this person on it, this person on it, this person on it. And that's how I created that album. Like I created that album off of people's comments saying who would sound good on the record. And I, I, I finally put together a project that I felt comfortable with, the achievement. And, you know, I put Blue on it. I put Fonte on it. Put Styles P on it. I put Currency on it. I put Smoke Dizzle on it. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, I was wilding. I, I put a lot of the homies on the project, and it hit really hard. Like people, people was like, "Okay, this is the Mickey project we've been waiting for." Um, and I'm glad I put that. Pro- I'm glad I put that album out like that. You know, it was ten. I think it was ten songs, yeah. and it charted really high on on iTunes. And then I was like, I was invigorated. So I was like, all right, let's do the deluxe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I went and got Nick Grant on the record. I went and got Farrell Monch on the record. I went and got Royce on the record. I came to Detroit, reached out to you, used the church for the sermon video, shot the record with Royce, um, put that project out. It did really well. Um, and then I put out, I said, Joe, yeah. 
in 2018. That was I like, said, yo. That was another, um, that was another like mixtape kind of project. That did really well. That was my first time kind of just going direct to consumer. I think I made like two, three thousand dollars just giving it straight to the fans. Yeah. Um, and then I put it on DSPs afterwards. Then I put out like a small EP called Enigma in 2019. Okay. Oh, well, hold on, let me rewind. So for the achievement deluxe. Just... Yeah. Yeah. So the achievement deluxe I put out and I battled daylight. Um, then I, then 2018, I did, I said, Joe, I was, I was touring with Lupe in 2018. I did like three tours in, in 2018 and I did like two tours in 2017. And when I got off tour, I took the DNA battle. How's, um, how's balancing like, like being on a tour or prepping for a battle? Is it, is it difficult? Um, or do you get home, get off the tour, and then figure it out? So I wrote my second round for DNA in, De- in Denver. I was I will never forget. I was in the studio. I slept in the studio. I wrote my whole second round for DNA in the, in the studio. Um, so I, before I got paid, I was two rounds in. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote my third round when Beasley finally paid me um and i was in um i was in indiana and i wrote my third round on on tour i wrote my whole battle on tour and i was for me it was great because i was able to write and then drive into the next city i could just memorize 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 so i thought it was amazing so i would memorize 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 get to the venue perform go home sleep wake up in the morning drive to the next city memorize 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 um, so it was it was amazing for me. Um, then 2019 comes around. I did the Enigma project. There's only three songs on there, um, but I wanted to kind of do like a merch, a big merch thing. So I did a hoodie, a CDE, um, and a and a, like a short like eight minute video. Okay. Uh, the video didn't do too well, but I sold out all my merch, um, which was great. Okay. Um, then the pandemic happened. You know, yeah, then my son, the pandemic happened. My son, my son was born, and then the pandemic happened. Um, I started doing trailer videos every day. Um, I did trailer videos for like four months, um, and that really paid my bills because I had so many verses from so many features I did. I would just do a feature every day, every day, every day. Um, I put out a project that out that year, Warp Collages. 2020 at the end of 2020 um a minus was on that yeah um would would you say would you say like that being in that 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 time period right you've like everything's slowing down it's uh we don't even know how the world is about the process things after COVID mm-hmm. hit. Right. What are you envisioning like your next step as far as music, like, or as far as just a career in this this art form, the way COVID was like I 
for for a big part it was kind of like out of sight out of mind for some people like mm -hmm. some people were like man fuck this man the world's about to whatever with me i found myself learning my myself creatively a lot more like i i, I learned more production I, I i tapped into other things like what was your process during that time and what did you envision coming out of it um I was, you know, I, I, uh, I remember just doing features, man. I wasn't even doing any of my music. I was just doing a whole bunch of features. Mm -hmm. And then P.A. Dre, he jumped in my inbox. Me and him had did a record for Official mm -hmm. um, called Coasting, and he, he just never stopped sending me beats. One day he was like, yo, let's just do a project, bro. Let's do an EP. And I was like, I didn't really want to do it. And then something sparked and I was like, all right, let's do it. And um, when we did it, like I, I got my, I got in a zone because I always, I always have, there has to be a reason to do a project. There has to be a concept. There has to be a reason. And A minus was that reason. It was like, yo, this has never been done before. So I'm going to, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. And when I did it, it hit hard online. Um, and people were like, wow, he did a rap. He did a song about the letter A without the letter A in it. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, what so, pushes you to try stuff like that, man? I, you know, it's. I think it's expected of me at this point, man. I think people be like, what is Mickey going to do next? You know. And, and how do you prevent it from being... Um, skills got to a point where we didn't want to hear the wrap up anymore people didn't want to hear it um because they expected just that how do you balance like hey you can expect me to do this but also like you know expect these other things as well like how do you keep that balance for me i think it's um i don't have the marketing budget to um Put out a record and make a hit radio so a lot of it is has to be a record that's shocking i got to do something that's like outside of the box every single time and a minus was that record for me like it was like what yeah. you know what i mean okay and, it, and it, hit, it hit pretty hard you know people people loved it so at some point in time um you pushing your mind to the limit Mm -hmm. to come up with stuff like a minus uh to do things like the detroit red project where i had to explain to somebody no man that's he's not this in detroit that's malcolm x <laughs> you, you idiot yes he's from new york um shout out to the paradise video man the what up though in the hook that's my joint man um people people crazy man yeah. but uh you took all of those like opportunities to push your mind and some of these things you didn't even really know what you were doing you were just doing it right figuring it out yep and you decided to take that same thought and make it something actualize it to 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 make something that 
you didn't know what it was called, but you were doing it in the something that you're doing. And there's a technique that you can explain and you turned that into a school. Yeah. Um, I remember in the beginning stages, it wasn't a lot of detail, but it was just like, all right, all right, man, I'm, I'm talking to chill. All right, man, I got to go, man. I'm working on this school stuff with Mickey. And he just said it matter of factly. You know, he didn't say, yo, man, we're doing a, he didn't break down what was going on. He didn't, I didn't even know, like, was he taking classes? Like, what, what, what is, what are y'all, what do you mean? School stuff with Mickey <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. Um, and, and I've been able to see this from it being, hey, man, listen to this. Do you think this is dope? To like, hey, man, come check out this class. I think this is, is dope. <laughs> to, hey, man, when the next time you're going to have a class, uh, <laughs> I got somebody to think that's dope and they want to get in the class. Like, so... Um, man, y'all took it serious, man. I got in the class and I know I was sending you messages um, the, during my first invite where, where I'm like, hey, man, I want to see these terms. Where are these terms? And it started out, you didn't, like, it was just <laughs> like a screenshot of, or, or a Google yeah. Drive or, yeah. or whatever. And y'all had these terms that we were looking for yes you know what i'm saying like yes um it was way it's way easier to know how to do something when you know what it's called right you know um in battle rap we got amg mode it's yeah. it's really been called a lot of different things but mm -hmm. if i know what it is i could go to it so y'all went from that to just a thought in your mind to to merchandise uh, yeah to a book yep. that I have. I purchased the book, don't think, just because I'm Mickey, Mickey friend, man. I just get free stuff, man. I, I, I pay, man. Support you. your friends, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, how did this come about? Or as my uh, Canadian friends would say, how did this come about? Man, um, <sighs> for me, man, it was, uh, DMX and, and Black Rob passing away scared me. And I was like, what does retirement look like? And I didn't know what retirement looked like for rappers. And I was like, I need to teach. Um, so I started trying to get jobs teaching. Mm -hmm. And it was brutal because I didn't have a master's. So um, I got hired to do a master class uh with this gentleman named comic book cam and i did the master class and he paid me 250 and i was like i could scale this i could i could do this you know and i i called him after the class and was like yo we need to we need to make this a thing but i can't do it it can't just be us two i need to call in other people and I called Chilla right after calling Cam, and I was like, "I wanted you to be a part of this. If, if any, you understand what it is that we do, and I need you to be a part of this." And he said, "I'm down." Then I called Jeff Walker, who's our mental health specialist, because he was harassing me to do something like this for months, 
And I was like, yo, I think I think we're finally ready. This was like December of 2021. Okay. And we launched in February 2022. Okay. And I didn't want to be that guy that had an idea and sat on it and tried to perfect it. I, I put deadlines on us every week. And people got to see the history of this thing in real time. So people got a chance to, to sign up and and see inspector deck fonte all of these people see the lessons we got a book now but they were pdf lessons at one point yeah Yeah. there was no color in them you know we put the merch together the graduation was just the idea it was just like yo let's just you know have people come to a space and we just you know hand you degrees and certificates but when we had students coming from south africa and india and mexico we realized that it couldn't just be a one day thing because how could you fly in from India for one day just to do this? So we made it a weekend and everything just kept continuing to spiral. It's like, yo, let's do an app. Every idea that I felt and thought that I wanted to do, I executed it. Um, But that's because I poured so much into it. Um, It was, it was important to me to, to, visualize every single idea and make it come to life you know where did that come from man i think it comes from all of the experience all of the ups and downs the trials and tribulations of my regular career i think my music career was was meant for me to do this i think this is my purpose see man me and my uh homies man we talk about purpose a lot and sometimes we we confuse action with purpose mm-hmm. that we think the thing we're doing is a purpose when like like on a on a broad scale as an mc you you could look at your purpose i know oftentimes i look at my purpose just in general as to move and motivate people with the things that i say right um and because i'm really good at rapping I'm just pouring it all into that. Right. And not not on no like, yo, keep your plan A or B, just in the whole sense of in the under the guise of guise of purpose that can apply to so much. And then you start finding yourself able to be fulfilled in places that you never dreamed you would be fulfilled in because it's serving the same purpose. And you find like, damn, man, it ain't. It ain't necessary. Yo, Yo, I, I love, love this. this. I love the hip hop. Ver- I, I love this. But to be involved in this, in the way you're involved in it and um, thriving it, man, is something that's um, I'm very admirable of, um, very proud of, man. Like, like, I think it's, I think it's rare that we spend time expressing how proud we are of one another. But right. um, you know, man, is this a rag, man? From from that, man, is that <laughs> is that a verse? Oh man, to, um, <laughs> to where we at, man? Um, I think, yeah, I mean, I, I think that um, I think you know, you seeing the journey yeah. from is that a verse to this? I think yeah. that's like a that's like a journey. Yeah, and. I know that I have students that 
will probably be Renegade mm-hmm. at our open mic that will probably bomb, you know? And me bombing for the first time holding a microphone gives me the confidence to get on stage now and destroy a, a set, but also gives me the the knowledge to give back to, to my students. Um, and that's what I mean by purpose. All of my mistakes, I can now pour into my people. Um, we just, I mean, again, you were in that class with Chilla. That was a two and a half hour class. They just stopped. Yeah. You know, Chilla just texted me like, we just finished. You know, that people love this art form. And we, as practitioners, you know, we need to think and consider what life is after practicing, uh, practicing and, 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 and participating. And as great as I am, I know people say you don't ever stop creating, you don't ever stop working. I agree. Um, but sometimes I get tired of it. Sometimes it feels like it's, it is a nine to five. Like this year I am putting out like six projects you know, all small EPs. Like, I want to do a Miami-based album. I want to do the sequel to Mouse. I want to do, you know, I got this record where I'm rapping as Mike Tyson. Like, I, there's different things that I want to do before I, I'm like, okay, I'm done. Because my catalog is expansive. Like, we spent, and that one thing I appreciate about this interview, we spent about a good 90 minutes just talking about my, my craft. Yeah. This doesn't really happen with me a lot because people talk about everything else. I'm glad we got a chance to really just kind of you know, dive into the craft. It wasn't, we didn't really stick on the battle in too much. It was really just this music. Um, I appreciate that. But my purpose right now, this school means everything to me and my, my people. Um, and I think that people are starting to see like, yo, this is the real deal. This is not a joke. This is not a scam. Mickey is really putting his all into it. So I'm, I'm happy about that as well. What do you think um, fatherhood has has changed in you? Um, or how has fatherhood impact you? That's better. Um, well, tomorrow's my son's fourth birthday, so we got we got the, we got the banner up. You see that with the banner up, balloons in the spot, some balloons. So not a lot, but. We still like got a pandemic, baby. <laughs> uh, but man, it's a different drive, man. It's like I always go back to this talking point of Chris Rivers and Big Pun. You know, his son doesn't. His son only has two albums to to to, to go back to. You know, Pun died in 2000. There was no smartphones. So any footage of his father is on YouTube. Maybe home videos if he's lucky. Yeah. But there's no audio of him talking to his son. Like, I did a whole project for my son called Hugh. It's like a last will and testament for my son. Um, And he has changed me for the better to be a way more responsible, way more present way more cognitive in my approach to music 
in my interactions because you know he absorbs so much so i have to be mindful um that's my guy has changed me made me a better man if i'm being honest man when i tell you this man i couldn't think of a better way to to put a ribbon on this uh interview man and end it on that um i can say in the time i've known you man we went from acquaint acquaintances to to you know friends man like I, if yeah. i'm in your town i'm gonna hit you up if you're in detroit like man me casa su casa yeah yeah and um one of the really dope things about hip-hop just in general the art form is that you cross paths and you you end up crossing paths again and crossing paths again and it's almost like you're going around on a journey and you just meet somebody at the point that y'all are and if y'all maintain a relationship y'all always meet at the level y'all are at yeah and um there's never been a a look up or a look down ever um and that's always something that's appreciated across the board people say the same thing uh about all the all the genuinely good people man and um i want to say that i appreciate having you on the show and um i appreciate you having you as a friend man one of these uh you know one of these days i'll show you how cold i am in street friday <laughs> you know one of these days man i show you listen I'm, I'm i'm begging you to just let me live bro i don't want no smoke <laughs> again i told you i threw a tournament i beat the winner of the tournament lupe beat the best street fighter player in the world and i beat lupe senseless yeah, man, I don't believe it. Leave me alone. I got footage of all of this. Just all leave right. me be, bro. Right. I don't want no problems. Well, you look, know, man, little scrappy, I'm, man. I don't want no problems either, man. I don't I'm want no problems, no problems. I'm going to exact all my revenge on you on Street Fighter. I'm man. Just, let me, hey, just, <laughs> just as long as we can play 2K right after. I'm all, I'm all oh, right. that's fine. Yeah, I'm not I'm good in right. 2K. All so, right. yeah, you, you can beat me in 2K. <laughs> all right, man, I appreciate you, man. Everybody, man, I said, yo. Long live lyricism, man. Appreciate y'all. Long live lyricism, Pendulum Inc. Y'all make yes, sure. Sir. Where can everybody follow you? Give them all that before we get up out of here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Instagram, Mickey, M-I-C-K-E-Y dot facts. Uh, official Mickey Facts on Facebook. And twitter.com, well, excuse me, x.com backslash Mickey Facts. Long live lyricism, pendulumink.com. Sign up for free classes. Yeah, man. Appreciate y'all. Much love. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Now, listen, man, um, we appreciate y'all just for stopping by, man, watching the pod, man. It's late, man, but we still got it done, man. So, anybody that's still in the chat, we appreciate y'all. Make sure y'all follow, follow, follow subscribe to the youtube like share y'all gotta share this stuff man these are really great great stories that we're having a great time doing uh this will be up soon hit the cash app if you want to you know do your thing that's dollar sign course mccody if not all you gotta do is hit share go to the website hit subscribe go to youtube hit subscribe that's all you gotta do i said yo